This is Comics Coast to Coast. Everybody, this is Brian Dunaway, and you're listening to Comics Coast to Coast, episode 337, the John Kovalik Part 4 interview. Before we talk to John, we're going to talk to Joel Duggan of Star Crossed Online and Forge Publishing. Joel! Good evening, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I heard you had some Thanksgiving this week. You are Canadian. That's how that works, I right? I did. I did. Yep. There's Thanksgiving work weekend is the first weekend in October for people that don't know that outside the country. It's got nothing to do with Columbus. It's just right. thankful family dinner stuff and had a big old ham dinner. Normally it's turkey, but uh, we've got an extended family now. My sister's getting married. Oh, so there is two, thir- two, yeah, so two turkey dinners for her or two Thanksgiving dinners for her that weekend. So she didn't want to have turkey at both so right right <laughs> the one that i was at had ham but hey i still have leftover pie so that's the main part ham canadian bacon all right <laughs> also with us is matthew Descharm of matt the wad matt i am intensely jealous of yes. joel's free food oh see but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna catch up don't worry we have to get a little run and start we have to lose a little weight in october we loot when then we gain it all back at the end in halloween and then we just keep cruising <laughs> all the way through january all right. Yeah. yeah. But back with us is John Kavalik. John, how are you? I am well. How are you? Man, <coughs> we're doing fantastic. I meant to look before the show. We've talked to John uh, several times in the past, all the way back to episode 146 years ago, 213, and episode 294. And I believe you may be the most frequent guest we've had by one. Uh, or you may be tied. I meant to go back and look. There's one other person I was thinking who may have been on four episodes, but that's always a good sign because. Well, I I am coming back next week to make sure I get. Oh yes, that right. <laughs> He's gonna. We're gonna keep coming back until we just screw you guys. <laughs> Got this. I love records. All right, for our audience who is not familiar with your work, if they just join, John, do you mind telling uh, about yourself real quick and what you do? Sure. Um, I do the comic Dork Tower, uh, which was a comic book and is collected in several editions. It is also a web strip. If you go to dorktower.com, we've just uh, celebrated Dork Tower's 20th anniversary. <clears throat> and yeah, 19. Actually, technically, I got the dates wrong. It was 1996 was oh, wow. the first Dork Tower. Um, but I thought it was 97. And so then I said, well, let's overlap it to 98 and we'll call this the 20th. And it's like, I'm off. So we're actually kind of closing to the 25th at this point in time. Um, I also illustrate, uh, a large number of games. Um, probably the most well-known are apples, apples and munchkin, uh, munchkin, I've drawn at this point over 6,000 cards for the Munchkin game. Um, and that's, that's probably, I've also uh, dabbled in some other comics. I, uh, there's a comic book, uh, which was out a while ago called Dr. Blink superhero shrink, uh, which I really enjoyed working with my good friend, Chris Jones on that. Um, and that's probably what most, most people will know if, if they know it. Right. Oh, how could they not know all that? If you don't follow uh, John on Twitter, uh, definitely follow John. It is muskrat underscore John, uh, which is where uh, that's where you do most of your handle, isn't it? Muskrat John usually on most. Of yeah, the that's, that's pretty, most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Not not Facebook, but yeah, definitely uh, Twitter, Instagram, um, 
the other ones that Tumblers. I forget. Tumblr. Um, yeah, at this point, half of half of them are just like flashing twelve. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, I know what you mean. I ran that joke past a friend who was a millennial, and he was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> it, it means either I'm too old or you're too young. Is what it means. But those uh, are not mutually exclusive. That's true story. Uh, so, do if you're a dear listener, if you've never seen John's work. Uh, Get, you're in for a treat. Head over to dorktower.com and check out the uh, Dork Tower comic. That's one of my favorites and how I was first introduced uh, to John's work. Uh, John, where was this? Just to reminisce for just for a second, uh, since we're a little over 21 years now, right into Dork Tower. Um, That's true. Uh, what, what was the first? Uh, what was the first medium that you put Dork Tower out on? Was it was it the internet? Because that would have been early on. No, but I was I, my my first comic strip was online earlier than that. <clears throat> um, I I believe like ninety four, ninety five ish. My old comic strip, Wildlife. Oh yes, which was briefly syndicated by Chronicle Features mm-hmm. before both of us realized we had no idea what we were doing. Um, <laughs> uh, it was a very painful time. <laughs> Thanks right. for bringing it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, No, so anyway, uh, my old comic strip, Wildlife, which I'd been doing since high school in England, uh, the the main character there was Carson the Muskrat. Mm. And then Carson came over to Dork Tower. Uh, I had had been in and out of gaming. I was a huge gamer. Then I sort of fell out of it in college. Then I got a job working at the newspapers. And the local newspaper in Madison, Wisconsin – would let me go cover Gen Con, which at that time was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And it was kind of fun and cool. And I got to, you know, go to a gaming convention on newspapers coin. Uh, So I just started talking with folks there and I got to know some of the people publishing a magazine called Shadis, which was a very cool independent gaming magazine 25 years ago and they <laughs> yes <laughs> it, it's 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 a, a sort of the you'll you'll note a sort of intake of breath every time i put things into a timeline <laughs> uh, for some of you listening those were uh documents that were printed on paper uh, usually <laughs> right yeah usually glossy you'd had to flip through them and, you know. and they're made of trees <laughs> and they I, after getting to know these folks they basically asked me could i come up with a comic strip about gamers uh they had been running the comic strip nights of the dinner table right and jolly uh, blackburn who created the strip was moving on to other things so they were looking for a replacement and i said yes absolutely i could create a comic strip about gamers and, uh, yeah, then I went home and started beating my head against the wall and came up with Dork Tower. <laughs> and it works. So, did you literally, it, it, did you literally do that? I'm just curious. Did you literally go home and bring your head against the wall? Because that no, would be actually, the best was, story. Ever. No, no, no. I've, I've done that before. <laughs> I actually, I actually did that with my first <laughs> gaming, uh, uh, job, which was illustrating Illuminati New World Order. Nice. Uh, Steve Jim- Steve Jackson asked me if I could draw in Watchmen style. And I said, yeah, of course I can. Yeah. And it's like, then I went to look up what Watchmen was. Right. That's, like, that's exactly oh, what, my God. that's exactly what all <laughs> artists do. If you're, if you're a young artist and just starting out and you're worried, you're like, Oh no, I don't have the chops. Don't worry. Everybody lies to get there. Uh, uh, 
it, yeah. yeah, it's uh, do not tell my nine year old daughter this, but oh, yeah. yeah, it was uh, it's it's lies and mirrors and smoke <laughs> and fabrication. It really is. I was really hoping that you did hit your wall like Doc Brown and Back to the Future and come up with the no, first capacity. Uh, that was oh well. Initially, I wanted to use all of the characters from Wildlife in right. Dork Tower. Oh. I came up with a name almost immediately, like before I left the hall. Right. Um, I, I was a big fan. You know, some people think the name's from Stephen King's Dork Tower. Some people think oh, it's from the game Dork Tower. Right. Um, it's actually from a really obscure uh, 1980 uh, game, uh, RuneQuest adventure. Right. RuneQuest is one of the role games. games right. called Duck Tower. Ah, <laughs> right. Uh, yes. So that's uh, – the name came immediately. The characters – came relatively quickly. Uh, it was a very quick development. And after about the, so the, the strip was running bi-monthly in Shadis magazine. Mm-hmm. And uh, the characters really didn't start becoming clear to me until about the fourth issue or so. And that's when Igor started becoming a little weird and Matt started becoming a little anal and uh, Ken started becoming a little pedantic and Carson has always been Carson. So right. it, it actually kind of fell into place really quickly. I, I loved it. I love it when that kind of thing happens. I love it when a plan comes together and it must have been some <laughs> kind of synergy because here it is 20 plus years later and I, I it sounds like you're still as excited about it uh, as you were all those years ago. So that's, that's fantastic. I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I, I just absolutely adore it. Love it. And I'm so glad it came about because, uh, I was, I was at that age. I was looking for something just like this and it fit the bill. And I had no idea. The first time I saw dork tower, my mind was a, a slate because I didn't know anything about the Stephen King dark tower series at that point. And I didn't know oh, cool. really about duck tower or nothing. So it was just, <laughs> all I knew was dork was a great word. Uh, I had, I had, you know, it was still during an age and time that we were trying to figure out if nerd and geek, uh, and dork <laughs> were insults or if there were things we should wear, uh, like badges of honor. And, uh, it's so, so it's so strange. Like it, the, the whole thing is turned upside down since back then. Yeah. Uh, the, I used to do a series of strips called the League of Extraordinary Gentle Gamers, okay. which were, you know, uh, the few celebrities who admitted to being into gaming. Right. Uh, Will Wheaton, mm-hmm. Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. Kurt Schilling, and Robin Williams. Yes. And I could not do those strips anymore. It's like Aww. they're just everybody. It's so mainstream. Yeah. Everybody is so into it. True story. Um, I, yeah, if you had if told me 22 years ago. Right. That gaming would be one of the coolest things on the planet <laughs> would have blown my mind. I, I'll tell you back. I mean, I, oh, it's just so it's so great. Did, have, have you listened to I don't mean to jump so far away, John, but have you listened to Masters of Doom? It's the, no, it's I have. It's the story. Uh, it's, it's, you can listen to it or read the book, but it's the story of of ID software, id software. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yes. And it talks about the two Johns and, and how they came up and everything. And I remember hearing back in the day that Robin Williams was a gamer when I was big into Quake and just imagining, wow, to imagine that I could accidentally run into a huge celebrity like that while playing a game. Yep. That was just mind-blowing. <laughs> mind-blowing. Uh, John, thank you for taking us down that 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 trip uh, down memory lane and getting to... I'm old. Oh, you're not <laughs> old? Come on. 
members of that old hero on that show. Come on. We still we're nope. still kicking it. We got this. All right. So this is, we do. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's get on. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Joel ask the question because it's in his name in the document. Oh. And I keep stealing his questions. So I'm gonna let him go first. So now that we know that Brian's wearing his bifocals. That's right. Uh, Got him on today, baby. <laughs> We've taken a trip down memory lane, but going forward, John, you have a pretty big event coming up in the next few days. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I've got my very first Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, we'll be launching on Monday. Um, that's four days away from now. Uh, I've been a part of many people's Kickstarters. Um, I, I almost feel at this point my autobiography would be I am a stretch goal. <laughs> but this is actually a Kickstarter for a new Dork Tower collection. The first one in 10 years. Wow. Uh, it's It's been a long time coming. But, you know, uh, uh, nine years ago I had a daughter. And that puts a, a crimp into your style. It's yeah. it's been a fantastic nine years. Um, but between that and Munchkin just becoming huge, uh, Dork Tower uh, did not get my full attention for several years. And now we're back, and the Kickstarter is launching. And I'm not a nervous wreck at all in the slightest. Everything's going great. How are you guys? <laughs> I don't know, man. I've never done a Kickstarter, and I what you it stresses me out. I watched Joel They're do very this. Relaxing. Uh, having having been on on this side, I can at least tell you that it's good if you are nervous going up to it. <laughs> you worry if you go into it and you're like, "I'm really not that stressed out about this," and then immediately you should be panicking and like checking your math and like if you're not <laughs> nervous going into the launch of a Kickstarter, then you did something wrong. Uh, but the thing is like, once it's launched, the nature of, of the beast is essentially it's out of, I don't want to say out of your hands, but it, it becomes very much a partnership between you and your backers and maintaining something like a Kickstarter that's going forward rather than trying to build up the snowball that you're going to roll down, roll down the hill. It's a, like, once it's rolling down the hill, like you have to keep it going, but you it's building it up. That's really hard because there's so much detail that goes into the back end of this kind of stuff. Like you kind of have to think of every contingency. Mm -hmm. So have you had, have you had any help going to this? Like, I mean, is it just you? Do you have like a marketing manager? Like what's your, what's your plan of attack? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I've been drinking heavily. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I've got some very good people. I've got some very good people, uh, with me. Uh, the person who does a uh, David Michael who does fulfillment for the Dork yes. Store and who does all of the fulfillment for the charity bike rides every year um, is got a huge hand in this and he's been a great help. Uh, my business manager Alex is uh, doing a lot of work in this. I've got a team actually of about ten friends who are just helping with things out of the goodness of their heart, and I'm going to be buying them many dinners uh in the near future <laughs> um so yeah it's been it's been kind of a team effort uh, a lot of the stuff has just got to be me rolling up my sleeves mm -hmm. you know when i'm you know sending out uh for quotes from printers you know i know uh from 10 years ago you know what i wanted when i would publish a trade paperback and i know what the paper stock should be i know what i'm looking for <laughs> You know, it's, and so it's like I might as well just do that and instead of just trying to teach somebody else how to do it. Um, 
but yeah, it's been it's been great. I mean, it's it's is not felt too much like a tightrope act because there've just been all these you know folks helping out. But yeah, there's just so much detail that goes into it. I mean, like four days before the launch, I keep thinking of things I forgot to do. We just got the word uh, like an hour ago. Uh, that we've got a really great Australian distributor lined up. So this will be uh, this morning. We found out we would in fact be EU friendly, and now we're oh, going to be nice. Australia friendly. Nice. <laughs> so those were um, you know this is all it's all a learning experience. It's you know ten years ago when I was a publisher for you know when Dorkstorm Press was putting out the comic books and the collections, it was a fairly straightforward game. Uh, you. You know, put your book together. Um, if you had enough of a following, you solicited Diamond. You know, was pretty much you know close to the only trick in town. There were a couple of other uh, comic book distributors, but certainly none with their reach. There's the gaming distributors. Uh, there weren't that many of them. You sent the uh, solicitations off. Magically, at some point, two months later, three months later, you got the orders in. You sent it to Kibercard to be printed. If you were smart, you used a credit card and the diamond money came in before the credit card came to. Okay. Um, but it was a very straightforward thing. And, you know, these days, um, it's everything, the entire landscape has shifted. Uh, you know, it's so important to have, you know, social media behind you, to have a presence, to have, you know, um, to, to get the uh, hype going for this. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, Kickstarter, you know, is great for the funding, but it's even better just to get a buzz going. I mean, I could, you know, send out a solicitation for the Dow of Igor, get into Diamond, and, you know, unless I bought a huge number of ads, get very few orders coming in for this. Hmm. Uh, whereas with something like Kickstarter, you know, the word gets out, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, this is not launched yet. I'm not taking anything <laughs> for granted. Uh, um, and, um, you know, so it's, it's just really interesting working in this, you know, brave new world. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've dipped my toes into it with Steve Jackson, Kickstarters being stretch goals for the Cobalt State, my baby Kickstarter for just a ton of other, uh, Kickstarters. But yeah, this, this being my first one, see, I was cunningly, Cunnily trying to wait until everybody ran out of money before right. doing the Kickstarter. <laughs> and <clears throat> we'll see if my plan actually right. came to fruition. <laughs> I used to think I got a little bit of a lull here, so maybe maybe it'll be all right. This this might be a good time. Yeah. 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 Uh, knock on wood. Oy. Uh yeah. but it, it's it's totally nerve-wracking. I mean, I think the book is is I'm really happy with the book. I think it looks good. Um, it wraps up a huge storyline which i left dangling when i stopped publishing 10 years ago uh and uh, this is going to pave the way now because i've got uh 10 years worth of web strips that can be collected right um i've got you know i want to we've been letting the old dork tower collections go out of print because i would love to do a 25th anniversary edition uh with all of them you know re uh, curated, I believe, is what the kids are saying these like days. Uh, you know, the nine old editions collected into three larger editions, maybe slipcased uh, in you know more of a, a sensical order. I assume sensical is a word since nonsensical is. Um, <laughs> that's just I'm just spitballing it, here. I, I think you're uh, right. It that, that, <laughs> does, that does not sound nonsensical. So, you got it. excellent, excellent. 
Um, but you know, really with the 20th anniversary of the strip, it's, it sort of turned me around, uh, for maybe the last, again, you know, for the last five years, certainly, um, dark tower has, I hate to say it's been on the back burner, but it's not been getting my full attention. So between the Patreon taking off and now, you know, the ability to kickstart a book and, you know, knock on wood, get it out there. It's just, it's incredibly exciting again. I've, I, I love these characters. I love working with them and getting strips out there on a regular basis is fantastic. Uh, the, uh, ability to put out new collections is just amazing to me. Uh, I'm having a great time apart from the nerve wracking stuff, which has right. got me drinking. Which has got me drinking a lot. Now you, a lot. You said you said something that made my feet sweat, which was uh, you're letting the old Dork Tower, uh, you're letting it uh, run out, you know, so you can do a reprint and do some new stuff. And I'm like, oh no, does that mean I need to get the old stuff too? Because I want all of it. I got, I'm a collector. We've talked about this in before too. I like to I like to collect, and then I like to give away. So yeah. Now I'm thinking I need to go yeah. do this. Yeah, so are you are you editing out any of the the strips over the last ten years? Like, is it a curated book or is it like no. an omnibus of just everything? It's going to be an omnibus of everything, but we're going to separate the ongoing storyline from the comic books. Will be separated into their own editions, whereas the comic strips, which are sort of one offs, will also be in their own collection. So the flow of the storyline that goes through the the comic books and will continue, by the way, um, you know, this is uh, I, I just really love the long form uh, storytelling. Right. You can you're able to do with a, uh, a 20 page comic or an 80 page or 140 page uh, graphic novel. Um, no, the, the only corrections, the only real curating will be an organizing the the strips and the stories and also correcting some of the spelling mistakes <laughs> never okay a lot <laughs> out of the spelling mistakes there are a lot um i had a friend we, going through the dow of yeah which is the new book i i did i not mention that i was like i'm bad did at we, this i'm terrible did, we, did we say the name yet i don't think we did did we say it i don't think so. say, say it again the dow of igor um <laughs> And, and that's spelled uh, T A O, by the way. If for yes. those, yeah, yes, um, <laughs> always, always say it wrong. That's the reason why I made you say it. <laughs> um, and next we'll discuss fa. Um, right. Anyway, um, no. So anyway, um, yeah, just uh, a friend uh, who is an editor was going through. Uh, the pages and he came up with so many spelling mistakes and I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. We've got to do this for everything. And it would be also nice. I mean, you know, I don't know if people would want this or if they would hate this, but I kind of would love to go over the old, um, strips and do them all in color or the old, the old stories for, um, cause I had mixed feelings, frankly, when I first started seeing a uh, bone in color, that was, that started, I was black and white, didn't it? Um, yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. And it, it looks great. And um, uh, the colors are just phenomenal on that. But at the same point in time, I was like, going, oh, it's not black and white anymore. So I don't know. I mean, do I leave the old stuff black and white, which is what it was first published in? Is, is it archival? Right. Or, you know, do I find a phenomenal colorist? And hint, oh, okay. hint, hint. Yeah. Hint. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a no brainer. At first I was thinking, is he about to dedicate his resources to coloring the book? I'll have to, yeah, no, don't do that. But yeah. If you're, if you're planning on just 
you know, getting somebody else to color it. I'd love to see that. That'd be fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's like, you know, um, anytime I've got to color my own stuff, I feel like just walking up to every colorist I know and saying, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Right. I'm so, so, so <laughs> sorry. I know it sucks. I'm sorry. It's just terrible. I know. But, uh, <laughs> but, that's, but that's, that's great. I, I well, okay. Well, I'll, no, I'm not going to hold off. I will order a few of these things, uh, some of these books oh. I'm seeing on Amazon. Uh, but I'll, I'll save, I'll, I'll wait for the new stuff, especially if you're talking about coloring. Oh, by the way, I'm on Amazon right now. I'm looking at uh, Dork Tower. Uh, it looks like eight. Go Dork Go. Collected Dork Tower. Yes. And down in the reviews, it says, Kovalec does it again. That's right. Oh. It, oh, it's a positive wow. review. It's a five-star review. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, I was going to say, because I, I, remember, I remember giving it five stars <laughs> when I wrote that. Yeah. Never. Never write your own reviews. <laughs> but uh, well, that's, that's great. Okay, so I'm pretty excited about this Kickstarter. Uh, did we... Do we miss anything that, that we didn't mention on the Kickstarter? Um, you don't have the stretch goals laid out because it's really it hasn't started yet. So if you're listening to this no, show, my, well, a big unanswered question is when does it start? Right. It starts Monday, theoretically <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning um, this coming Monday, and uh, theoretically because you know we still there are a couple things you know we've got four days. I'm hoping nothing goes wrong. I'm hoping everything falls into place, but fingers well, crossed. Theoretically, we could put this in the bank until you do it, until you launch date, and then we could launch it, and then the people would hear us go, hey, go check it out today. The new Kickstarter That's project awesome. is up. So yeah. Yeah, all, all of the ads, all of the ads have been saying the 15th. Oh, so. okay, good. So we're going to try it. We're, we're most likely the 15th is looking good. Knock on wood. Yes. That, yes. that, that wood's got to have a big old dividend in it by now that you've been knocking on this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a, there's a small knuckle print in his right, desk. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, right and, next uh, to it is the whole world of beer cans. There you go. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I want to remind people, like, if you're listening to this because you're a, fr- a fan of John's and you like to see, you know, see him interviewed on Comics Coast to Coast and you are going to back the Kickstarter, yes. back it on the 15th. Don't back it on the 25th or the 15th of the next month or whatever. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really, it's become, and I don't know how much you've dug into this or not, John, but it's become very important for Kickstarters to do extremely well in the first 24 to 48 hours. No pressure. And well, and I think a lot of it has to do with the discoverability on, on Kickstarter, because like you said before, Kickstarter is not just a way to fund the project, but also it's a way to get the word out. So you'll have people <laughs> That they just they just find cool stuff on Kickstarter and back it like that's that's how they find your work and work that I've done and work that other artists have done. And I've, I mean, I find it a fantastic because you're not you're not counting on someone that's one of your, you know, your five percent fans mm-hmm. that will back anything that you do. You're talking about a complete stranger that it's like, yeah, I'll spend 30 bucks or whatever on this book. <laughs> and I, I find that heartwarming from an artistic, you know, perspective. But I I also really want to stress like having been at the helm of some other Kickstarters that have not gone so well mm. uh, and I've been guilty of being a backer where I'm just like, I, I want this, but I, I'm going to wait and I don't know why I waited, you know, because I end up buying it anyway. It's like, so it's, like it's like backing a horse. I mean, come on. That's, that's, what, <laughs> you're, that's what you're really looking at because if and you're, if, if you're on day, you know, day six of a Kickstarter and it's only like 10% of the goal, you're like, ah, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 I, don't, 
I don't hear any of this. That's, you, that's human nature. <laughs> but you don't have to worry about that, John, because what's going to happen is you're going to 100% fun like in the first five minutes. So don't worry about it. You got this. <laughs> and that's the thing is that, you know, if you've got if you've got the stretch goals in, in your back pocket, uh, right. which I'm assuming you do because you're working with Dave Michael. <laughs> yeah, he great. also does all the for people listening. He also does all the the uh, fulfillment for Forge Publishing. So yeah. just just to kind of give you an idea how much of a workout Dave gets. <laughs> and Dave drives um, me across the country occasionally as well when we go. Yeah, to, uh, there you spectacular. go. Yeah. He, he, he fulfills Brian. Yeah, he fulfills me. He he actually yeah. It's like the shipping on that Brian. We need we need Brian here in Utah. He's like I got it. And we drive. It's great. Dave yeah. totally was behind the Dork Tower Patreon. He was the right. guy who was like you know getting me to do that, and that made a huge difference. So I cannot I cannot praise and again you know just he is the guy who gets all the postcards out for the charity bike ride every year. I cannot yes. praise him to the skies nearly enough. And it's sales geekery who is on yes. Twitter. If you if you have a need, uh, and and so sales geekery David Michael. Is uh, is our friend, and he does he does a lot of stuff for for all of the guys around here. Absolutely, mm. all right, excellent. Uh, what was we talking about? Oh yeah, Kickstarter. So speaking <laughs> of, oh actually, Joel had had started to trip into something, and then I interrupted him. So he was going to have a really good segue uh, into the next question, right, Joel? And then I interrupted, and now it's like herky jerky. So get on it. <laughs> Smooth, <laughs> just like John's whiskey. Uh, it's, it's it's hard to believe you guys have been doing this for right? three hundred thirty-seven yeah, episodes. It's, it's, yeah, it's hard yeah. to believe over t- over t- 11, 11 years. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's always been a bit wonky, but uh, we just don't bother to hide it now. That's right. <laughs> True story. True story. Joel, go ahead. Uh, well, I just, I wanted to hear more about the insane insane charity bike ride. Like that's. Oh, something man. that I, I have a great deal of respect for, for the amount of work that you put into that every year. And, uh, I've just, I've been seeing the blog posts, uh, on dork tower. So I wanted you to fill everybody in on, on how it went this year. Cause it was just what, two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was two weeks ago. Um, it's crazy. This is the sixth year I've done it. Um, and this year, oh, so I'll, it, it's a, uh, to put things in perspective, it's a bike ride. Um, there's a insane amount of miles in this bike ride. You can do the 70 mile ride. Uh, some years is 55. Um, wow. And, uh, I used to be a cyclist <laughs> and, uh, I used to do a lot of cycling and it seemed like a lot of fun. It's all around Dane County, which is, you know, Madison, Wisconsin. This is South central Wisconsin. So some years it's a pretty, you know, flat, you know, slightly hilly ride. Other years it's a very hilly ride. Um, but the ride benefits the Fair Share Coalition, which is a local organization which uh, buys CSA shares. Um, and a CSA share is a, uh, a community-supported agriculture. Wow. So these are farms, uh, small family farms that produce great food, you know, great vegetables, uh, great beef, um, eggs, you name it. And uh, most of the time, I believe it's organic. It could possibly be all organic. Um, So you get these, you you subscribe to a CSA share. And over the course of late spring to early autumn, every week you get a box of amazing, great farm food, veggies. um, And it is. It's wonderful. So the Fair Share Coalition 
purchases CSA shares for low-income families. Oh, wow. So the farmers uh, get the money. The families get this amazing farm-fresh food. Um, and so the bike ride, all of the money, all of the money <clears throat> raised during the bike ride goes to purchase CSA shares for area low-income families. Um, and I started doing this six years ago just because because I enjoy biking and because I heard this was a really fun ride and uh, they they treat you really well on this ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just for the heck of it, I you know did this. Um, I asked Steve Jackson from Steve Jackson Games uh, if it would be cool if like if people were to donate twenty five dollars. What if I did a postcard? Sent them a postcard which let them start a game of Munchkin at level three. Oh, actually, nice. actually, I said level two. Steve suggested level three. So that was tremendous. Um, and uh, it essentially became almost like a Kickstarter. There are levels where you can support the ride. I do not sell my work, my originals. I never have. Uh, it's just a weird thing with me. Um, I don't you know, I don't have any moral objection to it. I've just never done it. I feel kind of weird doing so, it. So do you keep them or but give them away or just vary? I, I give I give them away. Hmm. But for this ride, if you donate $250, you get an original piece of Munchkin art. Nice. And it'll be a nice piece. It'll be a card that I'm really happy with. So this is essentially the only way you can get original Munchkin art. And also, I then also take, you know, 10 pieces of Munchkin art for people who haven't donated that much uh, and just randomly select 10 backers at other levels to get some Munchkin art. So it's not, you know, you don't have to um, have a huge amount of disposable income to uh, get a piece of art. So the first year I did this, uh, we raised $4,000. Nice. And, uh, it, you know, people... The organization was blown away because I just never done this before. I come in and they notice that they're getting donations from Germany and England <laughs> and Japan and all over the U.S. Um, and this is a very local, very very local charity. So this money is extremely important to them. And it's, you know, it's like not not to you know uh, talk poorly about the giant charities, but it's easy to feel like you're a drop in the bucket oh, in, if you're. Working with a giant charity here, this is very real. You can see a difference you're making. And every year this kind of got a little bit larger. And this year we broke last year's record. We raised eighteen and a half thousand dollars. Wow. We had about 250 backers total. So right now, this weekend, I've got to sign <laughs> 750 uh, Munchkin postcards and uh, mini prints, which David Michael will then be sending to the backers. <laughs> and I'm going to choose the artwork. But it is, it's, you know, it, on the one hand, it's it's wonderful because it's raising money for a terrific local charity. You can see the difference, you know, that your readers are making in people's lives. On the other hand, it's a lot of pressure. It's suddenly <laughs> become a huge amount of pressure because we are responsible for roughly half of what they make on this uh, right. ride. So, oh. you know, making, I, but that's got to feel great knowing that that money is going towards people who need food and and lower income yes. families. It's hard to get healthy food. It you know, yes, crap, exactly. Crap food is cheap. If you want to get crap food, you can head over to McDonald's and get. Food all day long for a dollar. But I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah. that's crap. That's not gonna be good for your exactly. body. Exactly. 
So uh, yeah. that's amazing. That's great. So, yeah, it supports the farmers. It gives food to low-income families. And, you know, we um, – you know, it, it keeps me roughly in shape yeah. <laughs> the summer <laughs> the practice rides. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is a tremendous feeling. So yeah, we just uh, finished uh, a couple of weeks ago. It went phenomenally. Um, I did not think we would be able to beat last year's record and right. here we are. So, you know, that's a topic we don't talk about on comics coast to coast a lot because a lot of uh, cartoonists are independent. Uh, they, they work for themselves and uh, it's a little bit, different to to have that motivation and go out and help your community whereas uh, you know if you work in the corporate environment you know they just come by with the bucket hey it's time to help uh it's time to help put in here it's it's a it's a ridiculously satisfying feeling yeah being able to accomplish something like this and uh, i know this is all i've got to do is you know get on a bike and ride and later you know come up with some postcards but it's like every all of the readers everybody else around the world now you know, donating to this and giving to this. And it's just become this fun community event with hundreds of people. Beautiful. Uh, hundreds. Yeah. It's, it's just, it, it's, it's really great. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm honestly, you know, this, this word gets overused, but I feel privileged, uh, Absolutely. to have these folks, you know, reading my stuff. Yeah. Good on Steve Jackson also for, uh, yes, not only backing you, trumping you. Is that a competition? He plays a lot. Is he kind of a competitive person that Steve Jackson? He's like, Oh yeah, two. Oh. I'm going three. <laughs> I, I, I seldom play Steve in games. <laughs> I'm, I'm not competitive in the slightest. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really cool. Cause it's like, I'll, I'll call up folks. I know, and they will help out. Uh, James Ernest from cheap ass games. Yes. Designed a whole game, uh, oh, for what? backers this year. A cute little dice game. A couple of years ago, uh, Neil Gaiman and Pat Rothfuss both both wrote uh, lyrics for this, which I illustrated. Right. So it's like, oh my god, I got to illustrate a Neil Gaiman lyric and a Pat Rothfuss lyric. Um, So it's it's all you know. There's a lot of pressure, but it's also a huge amount of fun and a huge reward at the end of the day. That's that's great, John. Uh, So while I was talking about Steve Jacks, let's bring up uh, let's do bring up the Munchkin. In the Munchkin cards, sure. what what sure. what's on the what's on the horizon, or what what are you working on right now as far as Munchkins or 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 cards in general? What you got going the, on? The big one is uh, I just finished Munchkin Warhammer Forty Thousand, ah. so we are doing this. Uh, we are licensing licensing this from games workshop. I've been drawing orcs and space Marines and Eldari and, uh, blood angels. And it has nice. been phenomenal. It's like one of these wow. projects, where all of my geekdom just comes together. <laughs> and I love, I've been a games workshop player. Well, honestly, uh, boy, 1979, um, a 16-year-old me gets my parents uh, to drive into London so we can go to this new game store, which apparently is a thing, uh, which I it's called Games Workshop. Yes. <clears throat> and it was this little real gaming store in Hammersmith uh, in London. And this is before they became, you know, the Games Workshop of today. And they, it was just like a regular gaming store. I believe they'd started publishing the magazine White Dwarf, which ran articles about Dungeons and Dragons and and um, Traveler, I guess, was back then. Um, right, right. 
And uh, so, yeah, I've, I've just been I've been following them since then and being able to and uh, in, in Dork Tower, uh, the big parody game that the guys play is called War Hamster. Uh, <laughs> so I, I did uh, I did a signing in Nottingham once years ago, uh, Nottingham, England. And that's where Games Workshop is located. And it was hilarious. Um, one of the designers came by with some of my books to the signing. Right. And it was great. It was like, yeah, I, I knew him. I knew his work. And he gave me you know, the books to sign. And he said, oh, yeah. And I thought you should know. Uh, we've got our lawyers looking into uh, Warhams. I'm sure he's kidding. Please tell me he's kidding. I, 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 I. Don't. I mean, he was saying he was saying this not in a threatening way. He right. was saying this in a, uh, that, you know, that dry um, humor. We we sometimes don't yeah. get it here, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So anyway, all of a sudden, every Games Workshop purchase I make is now tax deductible. So that's what? great. That is yeah. Great. <laughs> um, in fact, I'm looking over right on my table beside me, uh, behind me. I've got uh, Chaos Space Marines and um, Plague Marines, technically, um, right. and versus Imperial Fists. I, I have never gotten Just into I've never gotten into Warhammer uh, Forty uh, in the physical sense. I, I've played yeah. the, I've played digital video games and stuff, but I've always oh, yeah. it's always been something I've interested in. Uh, but it sounds like there's a nice little bridge here. So where can I pick up uh, the the world of Munchkin uh, Munchkin? Warhammer 40k is that is world the best place to do it or that'll be that'll be uh where you can find out when it is released oh. I believe it's not coming out until in production um early I next heard, I heard uh, that all year. wrong I heard that all wrong well can I well okay so I can just order a copy straight from you then okay perfect all right John thank you <laughs> perfect no <laughs> uh um yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So now I'm working on the first supplement for that, which nice. involves um, the Tau Empire, right? And the Tau here, spelled T apostrophe, um, dang it, A U. Yes, because <laughs> I've been getting it totally mixed up with Tau T A O of the Tau of Igor, Tau of Igor. Right. Um, I beg your pardon. And I, I, it's like, I just know that at some point I'm going to get one spelled the other way very soon. Right. Um, and then you're going to get the rain down. Yeah. From, from oh, yeah. All the dorks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ah. There was somebody on Twitter who was like, you know, mocking, uh, like attacking Neil Gaiman for liking the new doctor. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, you must, be, you must be a new Doctor Who fan if you like her just because she's a girl. It's like, dude, oh. you're. you're Saying this to Neil Gaiman, <sighs> that is just sad. And they actually, yeah. they literally then deleted their account. <laughs> I'm sure because yeah. that that is a real problem. If you if you have yeah. a, if you have somebody that most people like, uh, and then you go and say something dumb like that, oh man, yeah, the backlash on that is just oh, what kind of world? <laughs> what kind of world do we live in? Oh my gosh! So that's a that's probably what a good world. time, right? It's, it's a good time because we're at about we got about uh, about five minutes to talk about a really deep topic. How's that sound? Sure. Uh, so, that sounds great. I love giving deep top topics very little time. Right, exactly. <laughs> so we're just going to touch it just briefly. But uh, one of the questions I want to talk to you, just maybe we can talk just a few minutes and then we can maybe visit it yeah. later again. But the social, the changing social climate like you just talked about there. And yeah. How, yeah, and how it impacts storytelling, humor, and how we interact 
on the internet because you just heard Gaiman, you know, he just put his love towards the new doctor because, you know, maybe he likes it. Who, who knows why? But instead yeah. of just, instead of just people going, accepting it, going, okay, cool. Somebody's got to say something like, you know, oh, you're just oh, yeah. a girl. Yeah. Yeah. So how do, how do we handle uh, that in our storytelling and our, in our creative process? It, is it making us too cautious uh, when we do stuff? Is it making us think a little bit harder? Is that a good thing? Uh, um, I've been, I try not to get political yes. in Dork Tower. I try real hard to have Dork Tower, you know, be a place where people can come and escape everything right. because there's so much, um, there is so much shit going on out there <laughs> and God knows I need a place to escape from time to time. Uh, so I try to be very conscious about that. And so what I will do is I will do social comics, um, not necessarily political comics about it. So if somebody beats up uh, figuratively Mm -hmm. on a friend of mine, I'm going to do something about it in the comic. If that's a a gatekeeper (laughs) who wants to make comics and gaming a boys only club or, you know, worse, a white boys only club. Um, if that is, you know, uh, the social impact of school shootings, right. Um, you know, I, 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 my, my characters, you know, live in a fictional world, but it reflects the real world. Mm -hmm. So I want to have that. I don't want to go to that every day. That's not who I am. I, you know, I am, uh, but you know, if you go back the classic, uh, comics, peanuts, you know, in its way back in the day would handle social issues. I mean, it seems like such a tiny thing looking back for uh, peanuts to introduce Franklin. Right. Right. I think we just passed like some anniversary of Franklin being introduced into the strip. And, you know, there are papers in the South that would not carry that. Uh, Crazy to think now. Right. Yeah. It seems such a small, tiny thing looking back, but I, I suppose for me, you know, I did, I will do, uh, uh, I will do strips about the characters just being depressed because of everything that's going on in the world at the moment. And, you know, some of them, I will be able to come up with a punchline at the end of it. Some of them will just be about depression. I think that's okay. I think it's, you know, I think as a cartoonist, you need, uh, like a musician, you need to vary the tempo you need, you know, they can't all be power pop songs. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, so I feel comfortable with that at this point in my career. Um, and a, a lot of times uh, those surprised me. Like the first time I did some of those after the Patreon started, I was really worried that I would lose a lot of Patreons and I didn't lose a single one. Um, and I was so, happy that, you know, the people following me on Patreon know what my work is about, know what to expect, what, you know, where I'm coming from, uh, from a social perspective. Um, that just gave me a huge amount of confidence, uh, to, you know, again, I don't want to, you know, throw things out there all the time. It's got to, you know, it, 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 everything has to be a mix. Uh, it's all going to be based on things I'm actually feeling Hmm. on a certain day. I don't want to try and force anything. Right. But 
you I know, think, I think it's, um, we have, yeah, so, we have so many, we have such a churn of, uh, social issues happening right now is, is, is such a, to me, it seems like it's coming a lot faster than any time in my lifetime. I, I know there's been more, you know, tumultual, tumultuous, uh, times in our, in our country. But for me at my age, I've never seen such a churn of social issues coming up mm. and being, uh, and being, you know, to push to the front. And I, I think, I think especially a lot of people seem like uh, on social media and stuff, I see people getting fatigued and tired and they feel like if they hear one more person talk mm -hmm. about a particular subject, because it may not mean much to them. They're just annoyed by it. Right. It's like, Oh, I'm yeah. just tired of hearing about it. Uh, yeah. you, you really can't do anything about those people. That's just, there's, there's nothing you can do about those people, but it's not like your, mm -hmm. your group of, of your audience is, is uh, is in tune. Uh, and, and moving light wrong. So that's just, that's great. That's uh, good. I'm yeah, it's, I mean, I, 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 I get tired of political ads of politicians. Yes. I support, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. I just like, I, I support you. I don't, my, my parents actually, I'm very, very fortunate. Uh, my parents have, you know, become, uh, well, they, they are, um, you know, uh, essentially the same political outlook that I have. And that's good. it's, it's funny. I, I talked to my mom, and uh, she will start talking politics. It's like, mom, no, don't. We agree. I want to talk about dad. Right. How's everything going? You're not going to convince for dinner? me. <laughs> yeah. I'm already on your side. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Uh, oh, I love it. Well, you handled that very well. And we wrapped it up in just a little five minutes. We had there. We could go much further. And uh, talk Yay. about we could talk about the exhaustion, you know. It, it, we could talk about a lot of part of uh, everything that's going on there. But uh, thank you for at least touching that subject with me. I, I appreciate that, you know, because growing up uh, as a as a teenager during the late '80s and the mid '90s, I was growing up with a lot of humor that was very sarcastic. And so as I as I grew up, I, I used that sarcastic butthole kind of mentality. And it, in, in, in more recent years, there are so many real buttholes out there that the sarcasm no longer plays. You know, it's just uh, you just like a butthole. And so mm -hmm. I'm having to adjust my own humor and my style of humoring. Uh, because oh, yeah. 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 Uh, but all right. That's uh, that's I think that it is now time uh, to turn over to Matt. And I don't know if John has anything else left because John. His bit, this would be his fourth <laughs> visit, so you're going to ask this question well, for a fourth time. I'm coming time. back next week. And you're going to be back, back next, next week, week so you better at least yeah. save some of it for that. <laughs> so, Matt? John, who yes. are some artists that we really need to know about? Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to like go with some uh oh this is this is terrible because i'm going to forget people <laughs> um uh kyle Farron is a phenomenal uh illustrator he did the game uh, the games root and vast oh. for leader games these are two of my favorite games but i've been uh recently but i've been following his art online um on twitter uh for quite some time um uh, Gibson Twist. I, I follow his Twitter account and his wife Rory. They are phenomenal. Um, let me see. Um, oh heck. Um, 
This is, I'm coming up with people's Twitter handles and not their names. That's um, perfect, right? Because Patterson. that's how we're going to look them up is through Twitter handles. I know. I hear the thing is like people are now changing the Twitter ha- tw- yeah. Twitter handles. Why is that allowed? Don't do that. Um, Ryan Patterson, D20 Monkey. Uh, I love his strip. I love his artwork. He's a fantastic guy. Um, 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 James Stow, uh does uh, could be pronounced Stowe. Um, <laughs> uh, he does the a wonderful comic called Sidekick Quests, um, which is an all ages uh, role playing strip, which is just phenomenal. Um, oh my god, I feel like I'm on like you know, uh, name, everybody. Uh, you got to save some for next week. So, okay, let's yeah, do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Now, Sidekick Quest, that was the last one you said. I, I'm really digging that art style. I'm oh, yay. Yeah. Follow. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. That dog is killing me. That is hilarious. Mm. Love it. Or is it a wolf? I don't know. Don't don't judge me. <laughs> I just learned about it. I just learned about it. Back off. All right. Yeah. You did great, John. Thank you so much for that. Uh, that's about it. That's going to wrap up the show, John. Is there anything else you want to remind our uh, our audience of? Maybe so, any social media stuff you have? A reminder of when the Kickstarter is kicking <laughs> off, hopefully. Uh, yeah, Kickstarter, the Dow of Igor, the first New Dork Tower trade paperback collection in 10 years. Uh, the Kickstarter starts this coming Monday, the 15th of October. Um, and it's too late to stop it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on its way. That, that is brilliant marketing. You should have that on everything. <laughs> exactly. It's too late. It's already begun. <laughs> Just a reminder, follow uh, John on Twitter at muskrat underscore John. Uh, head over to Dork Tower website where he'll be posting probably updates to the Kickstarter there as well. Uh, dorktower.com. Uh, and do support uh, Mr. Kovalik here on patreon.com forward slash Kovalik. I noticed that uh, your next goal uh, with that hopefully will not happen until after your Kickstarter, uh, but <laughs> a, the debut of the first Dork Tower animated short for patrons yes. only. Yeah, that's, that looks exciting. And you've already, and you've already talked to a couple of people. You've already talked to a couple people into doing some stuff for it. Hal Lublin, he's great. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, yeah a, a bunch of the people from you know, Welcome to Night Vale. Um, it's they're just fantastic to work with. The animation looks great, and you know we're going to debut the first one. And if it works, hopefully people will help us to make more because I really am loving it. Love it, dig it, can't wait. Consider me a patron. Click. All right. That's it, John. Thank you so much. Also with us tonight was Joel Duggan of Starcrossed Online and Forge Publishing. Joel. That's me, and if you're looking to find out more of what I'm doing, you can also check out ForgePublishing.com. You can check out JoelDuggan.com, and while you're out there on the interwebs, check out the Citadel Cafe. I've been having a lot of fun talking with friends about sci-fi and geeky entertainment, and that's at TheCitadelCafe.com. Excellent. Matthew Deshar. Best place to see my work is on YouTube. Just do a search for Mathawad or Matthew Ducharme. Perfect. Follow me at the Brian Dunaway on Twitter. Follow everything we do at Comics Coast to Coast at Comics C two C. That's a number two. Uh, ComicsCoastToCoast.com. We have over three hundred and some odd episodes of comic interviews uh, from creators, illustrators, animators, all those fancy people like that. There. If you want to support us over on Patreon, it's Patreon.com forward slash Comics C two C. 
Uh, that's all we have, and we will see you guys next week. Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Recording started on my end. Joel, we have a back recording on your end. Yes, indeed. Kill. Excellent. And I'm all caffeinated. Uh, John, <laughs> we're ready to. Oh, so, uh, and for see. that, John, we are sorry. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs>